Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. So about five weeks ago, no, not five weeks, about eight weeks ago, we started with a sermon series called DNA. And if you haven't been with us for that series, no worry. It's all under, on, the, on, our, on, our, um, on our website. You go to our website, klcstellenbosch.co.za. Click on resources, sermons. You can listen to all our sermons for free. So we started with a sermon series called DNA, and, and uh, it's a sermon series focused on who we are as a church. And, uh, and, and God gave me a vision one day to put our, our values on the wall here and to, to make it a bit more personal. We're busy revamping our hall, and, and, and it's a gradual process, but we're getting there. But it's good for me because Habakkuk says, write the vision on the wall, look at it so that people can run with it. And I want people to see our values on a weekly basis to know that's who we are. And, and I went back and, and I started looking at our values and, and, and speaking about the process of how we planted this church. So about two years ago, about more, well, I think more, about two, two years and two months ago, we were visiting um, the church in Strand and and. and and just fellowshipping with them before we planted a church. And I, I prayed, me and Salumi prayed, and I said, Lord, before we plant a church, we want to have word. We want to have a focused word to plant a church. Otherwise, we're just playing church. We want to have a vision and a focus of who we are, what we're going to do in this town. And, and uh, God gave us the scripture that changed everything. John 1 Verse 4 and 5, it says the following, In Him it was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it, did not comprehend it. And through that scripture, God started giving me three pillar values called life, light, and ignite. And th from that three pillars, God gave us six values that looks like this. Whoops. Life, we believe that when God's life comes in, it activates your authority and identity in God. It brings something into your life that, 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 that is not the same. Oh, actually, I have it on here. It brings transformation based on grace and life and love for others. And then light is to empower and to build. And it's, my goodness, it's, it's to empower the saints to reach the lost with the gospel of Christ and to take risks. That's what all, we need, all of us need to do. We need to be empowered to speak about Christ. Not to stand on the street corner and shout, but to live your life out as a Christian. To reach others through relationship and through love. And then to build a compassion culture that touches the town. And God gave me that story of the leper, Jesus who touched the leper and changed his life. Sometimes people don't want to touch anything because it's, um, I don't want to touch it. But God called the church to touch a town, touch a generation, touch a country. And... Um, and then to ignite, to ignite through worship and to equip others. And to ignite changes the atmosphere of Stellenbosch through worship. And uh, we're going to speak more about that today. And then to equip others to grow. And if you don't equip others to grow, there will never be discipleship. There will never be a place where others can start ministering. And that's our heart for this church. You need to be touched. Then you need to be equipped through discipleship. And then from discipleship, you need to start discipling others and minister yourself through connect group, through small groups, through speaking to your neighbors and your friends. Now this morning, we're going to continue on our second last value called worship. And last week I started out with 
this uh, igniting the sound of heaven. How many of you have been here for that? Now, if you haven't been there for that, um, I'm so sorry. I need to repent. I was at church this morning, and I realized I've never uploaded the sermon that I edit. <laughs> so tonight, last week's sermon will be up, and I want to encourage you to go and listen to it because it builds a bit of a foundation um, that Salome is going to speak on today. Yes, Salome is preaching. Yay! Uh, she's preaching, and uh, she's got a tremendous gift to speak and, and to teach. She's a teacher um, by heart, and, um, and I just want to want to honor her. God has been so amazing to her. She's been doing so much in our church, leading worship, leading kids, doing all the coffee and the tea, and doing all this, so many things in a week. Um, but her true heart and call is worship, and she'll speak more about that today. So let's give her a nice hand as she comes up. Morning, church. Cool. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it so much. So, okay. Um, yeah, so as you heard, worship falls under the value of Ignite. And, um, yeah, so that we can change the atmosphere of Stellenbosch. And I'm just going to speak on that just regarding how does that look like. And most of you know that worship is not only music, it is a lifestyle. I mean, who of you guys have heard that? It's, it's worship is when you wash the dishes, when you do that business transaction, when you have family time, that is, that is a life worthy of God. And when you're doing life, are you worshiping God? I mean, if you are busy with this business transaction if, and, and, you, and you realize this is, not worship, this is not, I'm not busy worshiping God in this, then you, you know, yeah, that makes it, you think twice with what you are doing. But today I'm going to be speaking on what worship looks like in a corporate setting like this, in a church service. So let's pray. <laughs> thank you, Father, for this amazing Sunday morning. And thank you, Lord, that, yeah, that um, you are great, you are amazing. And thank you, Lord, that um, the seed that is sown will fall on fertile ground. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, so um, I am going to share a, a little bit of my testimony and stuff, so I hope that's okay with you guys. Anyway, so um, music is very close to my heart. Um, I grew up um, um, just, I was, <laughs> it's very funny, I, I only wanted to be a music pastor. <laughs> that's like the only thing that I wanted to do. Um, and I love music so much. I never wanted to go and study music because I thought if you study music, the only thing that you can become is a music teacher, and I only didn't want to do that. But then God just made it like I wanted to go and study theology. But then at the end, I went and studied music. I'm, I, stud I studied classical music. It's so funny. It's like different worlds from worship. But I studied classical music, and I ended up becoming a performance pianist, which is actually also just like the opposite of worship because worship is not performance at all. But then ended up doing that, made Haney when I was studying music, and um, then went into full-time ministry after that, and um, ran a worship school. I did so many worship stuff. There were so many amazing opportunities back in Potch. Had so much amazing opportunities playing with um, a lot of famous people, and yeah, it was really, it's just if I look back, God was really being really gracious and i'm really privileged where i'm standing for the things that 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 god that the things that are the opportunities that i've had but then growing up i grew up in a very charismatic church so that was like my normal i grew up where clapping your hands and lifting your hands that was like the normal thing to do in church 
So um, the first time I was in a traditional church, um, um, it was actually a choir. We had a choir performance. The choir would do to um, to perform, and I remember we sat with our parents, and then right at the end, the choir can go up, and then we're gonna perform. And I, um, my mom wasn't there; she was at the church where we were. At she, she, and my sisters. It was only my dad. And then we started to sing, and I started to clap my hands, and my dad was like, <laughs> "No." <laughs> it was like, and um, I remember, I was sure, I was really, I was very embarrassed. I felt like an idiot. But I remember I was just like, so, I was, I was so, um, what's the word, flabbergasted. Is that like a word to use? Yeah, because we were like, all you folka clap and no one was clapping their hands. I was like, what? Okay, so this, so this is my normal. So, so um, I had very interesting conversations with my friends and a lot of, um, your back and forth conversations about why do you guys do this? Why do we do it like that? And I realized, but a lot of my friends would ask, but why do you guys lift your hands? Why do you guys clap your hands? And I realized, I don't know, <laughs> but that's just something that we do. But then as we went through worship courses and what, but I actually, so basically what I'm trying to say, so this morning, I think a lot of these stuff you guys know. But I trust that when you will have a conversation with someone that, you, that the word will come through, and then this is the reason why we're doing what we're doing. So I'm going to just run through something that went on in the in the in the Old Testament. Just give you a back back background picture of how worship looked like in the Old Testament before I'm going to go through to where we are now. So going to Moses, um, you guys know the story. Um, God appeared to him, said, "Let my people go, go to Pharaoh." Pharaoh, um, so Moses went to Pharaoh and said, Pharaoh, um, please let God's people go so that they can go and worship in the wilderness. That's why they had to leave, because they had to go and worship God. Now fast forward all the ten plagues and everything, now they are in the wilderness, and God gave Moses like, uh, um, uh, yeah, the law, <laughs> the law, and certain things that they should do, how worship should look like. And that was animal sacrifice. That was what worship was. The first time if you read um, about worship, the word worship was actually when Abram went up the mountain to offer Isaac. That was, and they went up to worship. So worship has a direct connotation about offering something you do, something, a deed. That is what worship is. Now, fast forward a few years um, later to David. Now, King David, oh, sorry, skip back to Moses. So anyway, so sorry, 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 sorry. So then God commanded him to build the tabernacle. The tabernacle was um, in three, the tabernacle was uh, divided into three parts, the outer courts, the inner courts, the Holy of Holies. Now, the Ark of the Covenant was in the Holy of Holies, and that represented the presence of God, right? Okay, so um, the presence of God, no one could access that except the high priest once a year. So if, if the people would during the year come to worship, there was a lot of priests, a lot of Levites, the, the tribe of Levi, there were 12 tribes, and the tribe of Levi, of Levi, they were the tribe that were assigned 
to do all the worship stuff at the tabernacle. Okay, so they would slaughter, and they were while they were slaughtering, there were like incense burning. There was a lot of things going on in the tabernacle. Okay, so that was worship. Okay, now we're going fast forward to David. The tabernacle or the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is stolen. He gets it back, and they are throwing one massive party. Of course. God's presence is coming back to the city of David. Okay. And um, while the Ark of the Covenant was coming back, the presence of God was coming back. They were slaughtering a heck of a lot of animals. They were worshiping God. While they were worshiping God, um, there was a choir that sang joyfully and a brass and a percussion band and string instruments playing. So there were music involved in that scene. And I want you to go to the, to the next slide. And in 1 Chronicles 16 we read, and that was the day that David inaugurated regular worship of praise to God, led by us if he was the worship leader. Okay, so that was the day where singing and praising God with song and instruments became part of worship, part of when they would sacrifice. Now, Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. We never, ever have to sacrifice anything ever. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. So today, we continue praising God together. So... If we go back to worship is a sacrifice, it's something that we do. Um, let's, let's look at what's uh, looking at what is doing worship together. So when we would sing together, there's unity, right? And if I can quickly recap on what Henny was preaching on last week, as agreement, so when there's unity, there's agreement. Agreement means harmony, which comes from the root word symphony. And when we are in agreement, we create symphony, right? Okay, so it's not the same when we worship alone, okay? When we come together as a congregation, there's something else happening in the spirit, something else in agreement when we worship God together. So in Psalm 133, I don't know if that's on the Psalm, no, that's not on the, in Psalm 133 verse 1, it says, where there is unity, God commands a blessing, Okay? Now, we also read about amazing unity when we go back to Exodus. So when uh, Moses went to Pharaoh and um, he said, let my people go, there was, I mean, you guys know the story, he, he went a few times. And then a few times Pharaoh had said, no, um, don't go too far, stay in the land, whatever. And once, one of the things Pharaoh told Moses, he said, okay, only the men go. And then obviously Moses said, no. Um, because he knew that there was such a powerful agreement when multiple generations worshipped God together, not only the men, when we worship God together as a family. And there is a powerful spiritual agreement that is established, established when multiple generations worship together. And here at KLC, we, 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 we believe that our children should be with us in church. I mean, we can do that now. I mean, if we grow... I know a lot of the churches, they would love their kids to be in church, but because there's too many people, the kids have to be at the children's church from the start. But I love it when I know a culture is born when my children see me worship, when they see, when families worship God together. 
because that is when a culture is established, when my children can see, oh, okay, so that's how it's done. Oh, okay, okay, mommy is raising her hands. Okay, that, let's do that. Um, so that's why we, we don't send them from the beginning to children's church. They must be part of our worship set, although it's long sometimes, but that's how they learn. Okay, now, did you know that you can use worship as a weapon? Mean. So in 2 Corinthians 16, 10, sorry, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, it says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So if something is happening in this physical and you are struggling with something, and sometimes I, I kind of just like, then you're just like, whoa, okay, this is actually not a physical thing. This is something that I have to um, address in the spiritual. I mean, I don't know who of you guys can relate. So a lot of times the things that is happening in the physical realm, and sometimes if you don't like just stand it still in, okay, what can I then you actually realize, listen, but our fight is not against people. Our fight is against the spiritual things. Now, there are three ways we can, um, we can, um, there are three types of weapons. It's prayer, it's thanksgiving, and it's worship. So I'm going to be speaking on worship as a means of using as a weapon today. Now, there are different Hebrew words that describe different forms of worship. And in our English and Afrikaans language, whatever language, I don't think there's anyone speaking Hebrew here, um, <laughs> they are actually a list. The words praise and worship actually comes from a list of different Hebrew words. So in our Bible, we lead worship this or praise this. But actually, if we go to the Hebrew text, it actually, the word praise or worship has another word, a Hebrew word, which actually means, we hear this, something that you do something it's an actually an act so there's a lot of different words i'm only gonna discuss five with you guys this morning so the first word i want to discuss with you guys oh as halal it's not the muslim halal this is actually <laughs> this is this is a hebrew word um, it means to boast foolishly and to make a show of it so the root word of halal is actually Halal is the root word for hallelujah. Okay. So this offering of praise is basically boasting to a point of looking foolish. Have you been foolish today? <laughs> so um, a lot of times we get to a place where you're so many things I want to say. So when we halal, we are just like shining the light on Jesus and, and God. We are just shining. We are just boasting. It's like, you are amazing. You are awesome. We are making a show of how amazing God is. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say something. I'm, oof, I'm here in my heart. Ooh, I don't up to want to But I know a lot of times people can say, yeah, but it's not a concert. That is me. You know what? If your heart is in the right place and the band that's on the stage, it's not about them. Because a lot of times this is something that the band people are, have um, 
s you know, it's <sighs> a lot of times people that's playing in the band can become very, um, it's about me. But if we are doing everything in a church service, that's not about us, but shining the light on God. Man, dan denk ek ons kan groot gaan. Then we can show those lights and the rook machine and everything that cause we can use that stuff to make a show to to show that God, you're amazing. It's about you, not about us, not about our experiences. It's shining the light on who God is, how amazing He is. I mean, so I want to tell you a story about um, Facebook. Actually, <laughs> reminded me on um, five years ago when we came to Stellenbosch. Um, uh, most of you guys know the Varsity Cup rugby. Yes. So we just came here. We all we love Martis, like seriously love Martis. But we just came from the Pucker, so we were like kind of in between. But then at the final, the Pucker was playing against Martis, so we were like in between. Like should we should we cheer for Martis or should we cheer for Pucker? But anyway, so it was this nail-biting final. So a few of our friends that also moved from Pudge, we were like eight people, six, eight people. And we were sitting snack in the middle of one of the uh, pavilions. We were like surrounded with Marty peoples. We're like the only booker. <laughs> we like didn't know if we have to show a bakey trayer. We have bakey trayers like this. Yeah, anyway, that's a big thing. What jerseys? Support, support we like covering it. <laughs> but anyway, so it was this bi nail-biting final. But when we won, we were the only eight people <laughs> jumping up in between all these modest people that were just sitting there. But we didn't care because our team won. And we're like, yeah, go Pucker. Now we're like, really, we are modest people. We support modest. Just hear my But then we were like, but I realized so many times we're like, no, I can't do this in church. What will the people say? It's my personality. Oh, man, I'm, I'm stepping on tons. I'm so sorry. But that same person that it says, it's not my personality, and cheering, and cheering your children on at the side of the field. But in church, yo, yo, no, no, no. We can't do this in church. I hope you hear what I'm saying. And um, sure, there's such a release when we can be free in the Holy Spirit, right? So what I, want, what I actually want to say with Halal is, you know, maybe that is not how you grew up. Maybe that is a personality thing. I get that. But maybe today some of you sit here and you can't be free because of a lie that you're believing. And I, I trust God that we will get free from those lies that is trying to bound us from worshiping God in full. I mean, I mean, okay, so the next word is tequila. I'm going to do a dad joke, not tequila. It has the same effect, though. It's so funny. Don't go to the next slide, but actually the scripture reference is do not get drunk on wine. <laughs> So not tequila, it's tequila. I actually didn't read the scripture reference of halal. Okay, sorry for that. Let me just check it. I'll just read it for you. Sorry, if I'm going to, yo. I will tell of your name to my brothers and sisters in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. 
Okay, that's the scripture reference for halal. Okay, so Tehillah. To sing a spontaneous, unrehearsed song to the Lord from your spirit, like we did this morning. That is what we did this morning. We Tehillah. So the word is derived from the previous one, halal. With halal, praise is seen. With Tehillah, praise is heard. Okay. So this is singing your own words spontaneously and singing the melody in your heart by adding words to it. This is unrehearsed. And I think it brings tremendous unity in the church when you do that. So let's read Ephesians 5. Do not get drunk on wine. Do not tequila. <laughs> Which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's amazing. Okay, the next word, Zamar. To praising with music instruments alone or with voices. So it can be accompanied with voices or not. Zamar. To worship the Lord while playing an instrument. To touch the strings or parts of a musical instrument. So as a musician, I think this is like so cool. This is like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and I mean, you guys heard when I was reading about uh, David, when they were playing everything and um, when, when, when the Ark of the Covenant was coming back to the city of David. So I want to read from 2 Chronicles 5. Sorry, this is a long thing, but I want you guys to... To, to hear me out, what was happening. So these guys, now Solomon has built the temple. Okay, so David's son, actually now they build the temple, and now the Ark of the Covenant are coming into the temple, and they are throwing one big party, okay? Massive celebration. And the Levites, who were musicians, also of him, okay, so now they are actually people assigned for doing worship of song, right? Okay. The Levites, who were musicians, also of him, and <laughs> Judithan, and all their sons and brothers were dressed in fine linen robes and stood at the east side of the altar playing cymbals, lyres, and harps. They were joined by 120 priests who were playing trumpets. 120 trumpeters, The trumpeters and singers performed together in unison. Remember, I was speaking about unity. To praise and give thanks to the Lord, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words. He is good. He is faithful, love endures forever. And at that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. Oh, man, that's amazing. So the last time I checked, like, guitar is also a stringed instrument. <laughs> and a piano is a percussion instrument. I don't know if you guys knew that. Percussion, because it's not actually a string that's being plucked. It's being struck by a hammer. So that's what's called a percussion instrument. So our instruments just have been evolving. <laughs> so it's electrified, because we don't have 120 priests who <laughs> do a mass school band. That would have been amazing. So we have only like three, so we need to like amplify that you can actually hear us. Um, yeah, so now before I go to the next word, have you ever wondered then why do we lift our hands? So there are actually quite a few Hebrew words about raising hands for different reasons. So the, the one I want to show, uh, show you guys is yada. 
to lift or throw arms upward in praise and surrender. So this one is about surrendering. That Yoda from Star Wars, now you will remember this word, it's Yada. Throwing your arms in celebration or confession, to physically throw at or away a stone or an arrow. This is a sign of surrender. If we go to the next scripture, it says, I will praise Yada, you Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises, Yada, to your name, O Most High. This is a sign of surrender, where we give everything to God. Everything, 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 everything. Just everything, Lord, just take everything. Okay, next word, Tauda. This is to give a sacrifice of praise. And Tauda is derived from the word Yada, with the root meaning to extend the hand. So this is again, sacrifice, Lord, doesn't matter what I'm going through. Doesn't matter what the doctor said. Doesn't matter the report that I got from whatever. I choose to praise you, sacrifice of praise. Doesn't matter how I feel at the moment. Doesn't matter what I'm facing at the moment. So Hebrews says, listen to this amazing scripture. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Now, I want to read the same scripture in the Passion Translation. Hear how amazing this is. So we no longer offer up steady stream of blood sacrifices. We don't do that anymore. But through Jesus, we will offer up to God a steady stream of praise sacrifices. These are the lambs we offer from our lips that celebrate his name. That is why we are singing. That is why we are praising God. That is why we are singing in church in unity. Because we don't have to do the lamb killing of lambs thing anymore. As a unity, we praise God with the fruit of our lips. Sorry, guys. So I want to share something with you about a sacrifice of praise. So most of you guys know that um, my mom passed away end of Jan. And um, it was very interesting, a very interesting funeral because it was the same with my dad. So they were in this amazing, my mom and my dad was in this super cool, amazing church back in Kronstadt. But the worship team there are not full-time, so there wasn't any... Um, there wasn't any worship people to accompany us during the worship service or this or the funeral but then I grew up with my sisters oh I didn't mention that so my sisters are also very musical and um, they actually my sister and her husband and her children are actually in the KLC strand band so when, then we looked at each other. So my dad passed away two years ago. So then we looked each other at each other and we were like, oh my God, wasn't nobody worshiping. <laughs> and I remember the pastor was like, are you sure? <laughs> it's like, are you really sure? Anyway, so that was like 
I think that was like the best worship I've ever done. So then we did it again with my mom's funeral. And the thing I want to get over to you guys is that when you sit in a situation where there's nothing, and the only thing that you can do is praise, I think that's the most amazing sacrifice of praise that you can do. Because at that moment, that you will only have that moment to praise God in, with that emotion. And a few years later, you know, you move on, you, your, um, your dealing with grief and everything gets better. But at that moment, I think that's the best thing that you can give. That brokenness, that absolute brokenness that you have. I think that's amazing. I think that's actually such a privilege to do that. So when I actually got the call, I was the first person that, um, the first sister, um, that they called um, from all my sisters. We are, we are three sisters. Um, that morning, it was, what was it, two o'clock in the morning? So then they called me and it's like, you guys need to come to the hospital and to come and say goodbye. And I was like, I sit in Stalinburg, who can I know today? Call my sister, she's in Joburg. She, she will climb straight in a car and she will drive through. Call my sister in Joburg. It was too late before they could climb in the car. My mom passed away. And so it was crazy. Me and my sisters were on the phone and crying. It was chaos, 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 chaos. And after like an hour when I realized I lost my mom, I realized the only thing I could do was worship God. And I, I sat up straight in bed and I wrote a song. And I realized that's the only thing I could do. I mean, because I know, I know God is good. I want to encourage you guys that from wherever you guys are at, whether it's finances, whether it's a bad report from a family member, or maybe you are trusting God for children, or maybe you are trusting God for breakthrough in whatever area. I want to challenge you guys this morning that when we worship, that you will break through those things that the devil wants to come and keep you from praising God. Because when you praise God, there's breakthrough. There is breakthrough. Because we believe God is good. He is good. He is only good. And His love endures forever. Um, and, I mean, Jesus died a public death. Um, and He, uh, I mean, He was, a sh he was, he was, he wasn't ashamed. And when we worship God, it, we shouldn't be ashamed. Jesus wasn't ashamed. And I know that, um, like the worship was super cool this morning, if I can say that myself, but most of the times it's only me on the piano. This <laughs> is <laughs> like, me and my little clavirki, it's like terrible. And then the, w the music doesn't sound so cool, and we don't have a massive band. And, and you know what, I realized that, you know, it's not about how I sound. And it's like, are we actually shining the light on God? It doesn't matter how it sounds. It doesn't matter how I feel. Am I praising God from, from, from where I'm at? Because worship comes from a, a revelation of who God is. And we continually need a new revelation of who God is. Amen. Did God break something open new to you to this morning? You see, sometimes we just... 
we pitch that church, we stand, we wait for the worship, we go through the word, we have coffee and we go home. And we never realize that what we do is the place to encounter God is actually starts in the parking lot when you greet the first person. But the place where I personally become intimate with the Father is in a place of worship. At this moment, you're just receiving. You're not giving. You're not, you're not giving. You're only receiving. And if, when we come and worship at church, we come to give. We give ourselves. We give our worship. We, we give more. We give our friendship. We help coffee. We serve. And then we receive as well. But the biggest place of giving on a Sunday morning is when the band comes up and they lead us in worship. And I always see it like this. We had the, when, you saw, when you had the temple in the, in the Old Testament, you had the outer courts, the inner courts, and the, the most holy of holies. And when the worship becomes, worship actually took take you from the outer courts to the inner courts. And from the inner courts to the holy then from the holy of holy from the holy to the most holy of holies and i always say as a preacher and as a pastor i do not want to preach without worship because worship brings us to the holiest of holies it brings us into the into the presence i always said with wedding couples when i do a wedding why do we usually sing before we preach not just to get everybody loose and here we go yes maybe but to get us into the holiest of holies to get us into that place I want to pray this morning and I want to invite you to stand and, and, and we're going to trust God for something this morning and I want to pray for for the breaking of lies and traditions I had to pray you know when I was the first time I grew up in a, in a traditional church, and, and I'm not saying they're, they're wrong. One of my, some of my best friends and ministers, ministers' friends are traditional ministers, amazing men of God. But I grew up there when I came to a, a charismatic church where people danced and clapped hands and people fell over, and <laughs> it was holy chaos. <coughs> I remember the first time I had to raise my hands because all my friends are raising their hands. And, why am I not ready? I feel out for the first time in my life. And, and I realize I'm just going to lift my hands and close my eyes so that I I'm not want to see how people look at me when I lift my hand. <laughs> Have you ever felt like that? And I remember the first time I lift my hands and I just close my eyes, suddenly there was a breakthrough in connection to God. I suddenly connected with Him. And since that day, I never had an issue. It's like going to the beach. For the first, that first beach swim you have on, on a December, the, we, the water is cold. It's like you suffer in for the first few steps and then that first dive into the first wave. Then it's done and it's over and the, the ice is broken and suddenly I enjoy it and then I realize, man, why didn't I come into the water earlier? And it's the same with raising our hands, dancing, closing your eyes, expressing yourself before God. It is more us that needs breakthrough from a place of thinking what others will think to I don't care what others think I just want to encounter God I just want to encounter Him see breakthrough is if we feel we're not being kept back something is keeping us back to do what I feel and we need that breakthrough we need that personal breakthrough from 
tradition and lies that holding us back. People's going to look at me. I'm going to feel stupid. I'm going to be, um, people's going to laugh at me. Are we working through that with our two goals? I asked her the other day, it's like, why don't you lift your hands with us? She said, no, I think people's going to think I'm stupid. I said, that's okay. It's like, I feel stupid every Sunday and it's awesome. <laughs> I'm just joking. But see, kids need to understand that it's okay to worship Him. See, I don't want my kids to grow up with a lie of what if people think of me differently. But I want them to exuberantly express themselves before God. And it doesn't prove you're more spiritual than the other one. I mean, Bill Johnson, how many of you know Bill Johnson? He, he's got an amazing church. When he's in worship, he stands like this. And I was like, what? Really? But see, he's got a personal in, intimacy encounter with God. There's times in his, in his inner room that he dances and waves his hands. But we need that. And I realized that while Salome spoke, I realized that we need the Holy Spirit. We need Holy Spirit. We need Holy Spirit in every moment of our lives. When I was baptized in the Spirit, I'll tell the whole story maybe later on, but maybe I have told it before. I can't remember. But since I've been baptized in the Spirit, and if you can speak in tongues or not, but it took me to a deeper level with God. I mean, it's like, it's like an ocean. You can be a small fish that dobbers on the top but when you're a whale, you can dive down deep. And it's almost, I'm not saying God give us the whale anointing. I'm not saying that. But we want to dive down deep. They don't want to dive down. I know Stephen has you to run away. But we need Holy Spirit. We need, we need to be filled with Holy Spirit. And if you've never been in a place in your life where you've been filled with the Spirit, you need to pray about it and come speak to me. Come speak to us. That we pray for you. Because it takes your prayer to a deeper level. It takes your worship to a deeper level. It takes your devotion to a deeper level. I can't imagine encountering God in a morning in my devotionals or wherever I'm at without Holy Spirit. I can't imagine it. I can't imagine it. So we're going to pray this morning. And, and if you, either way of this, part of this category, so I want to break through these lies and tradition of my life that I feel uncomfortable. It's just a breakthrough moment. It's diving into that first wave. Maybe you yeah, this morning and you feel that I need to be filled with the Spirit. I need that infilling with the Spirit. I want you to come afterwards or, or trust God. Peter came and he walked into a room and there was like hundreds of people and said, who want to be filled with the Spirit? And he prayed and at once everybody was filled with the Spirit. He preached when they, the Holy Spirit was poured out. Paul preached. Peter preached and 3,000 men plus women it was probably 5,000 people at once were filled with the spirit and spoken tongues miraculously moment so sometimes we we are we are limiting God and how we think but this morning I'm trusting God and praying that when we grasp the power of worship there need to be halal. 
You need to be Tahila that I sing out of my, sometimes I sit on my car and I just start singing, Oh Lord, I love you, false. I mean, I'm D flat as you can get it. But I'm just shouting and praising before Him. And there need to be a Zamar where I use instruments. I can't play an instrument, but when I put a CD, I, the best thing I can, the best instrument I can play is a CD. I can play that thing. And then if it's a CD you need to play, play that CD. And get your hands in the air and encounter God in, in your personal time. So let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, I pray that as Salome preached today and as she shared this word, that you free our hearts this morning. That you start freeing our hearts, Father, and that we start encountering you. Lord, I break off every tradition, every lie. And if you're part of this and you feel that there's something holding you back, just put your hand on your heart and just be part of this prayer. So, Father, I thank you that you break off this tradition and this, this lies that we can start expressing ourselves in worship. Why? Because that's what you do in heaven. That's what we will do in heaven. That's your heart's cry for us. And, Father, I pray that nothing will keep us back or hold us back to get more from you because you are exuberantly in love with us you want to pour out your love and your acceptance and your grace and your glory and your power and your strength over us and we want to encounter you father we want to encounter you father And if you are here this morning and you want to be filled with the Spirit, I'd love to pray with you afterwards, but just by a means of use, if you want to be filled with the Spirit, there's a heart's cry that you feel. Why don't you just put your hand, you can put your hands in the air, you can put your hand in your heart, whatever posture you want to take in this morning. Father, I pray for every individual here this morning. Holy Spirit, will you come right now? Will you fill them so that the glass will run over, so that their spirit will run over for more of you, more of you, Father. And may, the, may your spirit run over out of their spirit, out of their mouth, that there may be more of you and more of you, Father. Lord, we want to grow and encounter and be, be who you called us to be, Father. We want to be worshippers to the God of heaven. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstalenbosch.co.za.